I'd like to welcome to the show right now a man really that needs no introduction. This gentleman brings 20 plus years of really multimedia and radio experience to Florida State. I believe he's had roles in at multiple universities, also uh, helping building radio affiliates and stuff like that. Welcome to the show, Jeff Colhane, the voice of the Seminoles. Jeff, welcome to the show, and uh, I'm glad you're on. play looking forward to a you know to a great uh, great weekend coming up in raleigh taking on a good north carolina state team but uh, thanks for having me happy to be on with you yeah um i mean most people you know I've, i do my research just like i know y'all broadcasters all sports broadcasters do and you grew up in a small town in south dakota i believe population i believe when i looked at it, it was right around mid 15,000. I mean, mm -hmm. we have more than that on a Saturday coming inside Dope Campbell Stadium oh, to yeah. watch the Knowles play. And something really, I mean, I just want to know, my wife, she likes the old tourist attraction things when we're traveling. And she was kind of curious about it herself. She's seen the world's only corn palace. <laughs> and she's like, you're interviewing Mr. Colhane. Ask him about it. I said, okay. I said, well, my show's about you know, introducing the, the players past, present, and staff there at Florida State, sure. you know, to a more personal thing. How many times did you visit the the Corn Palace? Well, I mean, look, the Corn Palace uh, is, as you said, the world's only. It is a, a great tourist attraction for Mitchell, South Dakota. And uh, how many times did I visit it? Man, I, well, to let people know who don't know, it is essentially a an arena to a certain extent for basketball, concerts, trade shows, boat shows, you know, all, all of the above. And so I played high school basketball in the Corn Palace, and I went to hundreds, maybe thousands of basketball games there. Our, our town was a huge high school basketball town, and so grew up. And uh, dreamed as a young boy of, of playing in the Corn Palace. My dad, who still lives in Mitchell, my parents still live in Mitchell, South Dakota. Uh, he, he played high school basketball in the Corn Palace in the 1970s. And so it's a building that's been around since 1892. Uh, no, it, it is not constructed of corn. 
that would not work out well ultimately for a lot of items but it does have there there's history to it there's a lot of tradition uh it captures the culture of that part of the country uh, it captures a lot of native american culture as well um and there's always a theme uh, for those that don't know the outside is constructed of uh, murals uh, made by corn from a local artist and inside as well there are plenty of murals constructed and, and created out of out of corn and so there's a there's a special um sentiment to it a, a special creative value to it and so it is uh it's something that is a mitchell south dakota native that uh, has been there for a long long time will be there for a long long time after i'm gone as well yeah i mean that i mean that's just you know it's the unique places that different areas have their tourist attractions but when i was doing my research on you know 20 plus years and i emphasize that plus um many people don't know this you know if you think 20 plus you and me are probably about around the same age close to close close to 40 not quite there maybe but you would think you got started at 19 20 years old when really the the you know research i done you actually started in a radio station at 14. i mean what what were you doing at 14 in a radio station that was my first job i was part-time part-time weekend um dj i guess you will at an oldies radio station in mitchell south dakota playing the oldies and reading news weather and sports and um was offered a job while i was playing a baseball game by the home plate umpire who gave me gave me my start in radio and broadcasting his name's steve morgan he was also the an umpire that uh, worked uh, outside of the radio station doing that as a part-time gig in the summertime. He was calling balls and strikes, and there was a timeout. The catcher went out to the mound, and he said, I, I heard you're interested in the radio. Why don't you come by the station next week, and we'll talk about what we have for you. And I think he called me out on strikes and a bad pitch about two or three pitches later. So, you know, you win some, you lose some with that. But, yeah, KORN Radio, H14. Um, then when I was 18 years old, I was a freshman in college. Um, he began calling Mitchell High School sports in our hometown. And high school boys basketball, like I talked about, was was very important in our community and asked if I wanted to be on that radio broadcast with him. And I thought that was at that point in my life, that was like, you know, calling an NCAA tournament each and every season. So. You know, that's where I started in sports at 18 years old and, you know, just just wanted to do more and more and gain more reps and get better and learn. And and that's where I think the passion started to grow in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, I was always around it, Jeff. My dad did all the public address announcing for high school sports and college sports in my hometown and did some radio as well. And uh, I worked full time. My first full time job out of college was with my my, my uncle, Kevin Colhane. And he had, he's been in broadcasting and radio and TV his whole life. And so had a, had a family connect to it, um, you know, for whatever reason, growing up, my dad always had the radio on in our house. And so when I woke up as a young boy, the radio was on in the kitchen. It was on in, in the bathroom. It was on everywhere. And so you just always heard what was going on and how guys talked and gals talked on the radio and you know, I, it just stuck with me for whatever reason. You, you wonder, you know, why things happen for a reason. And I love sports. I played sports. I played football, basketball, baseball. I played college football at a small school. I played one year college baseball. 
um, and would always watch and listen to sports and just listen to it. I listened to what the announcer said. I just didn't watch the game. I really listened to what was going on. And um, I think all that had an early impact on me. And that was just kind of how my, my life began in the broadcast world for, for, for what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go at that point in time. Yeah. I mean, so really it was no question you were going in, you, you want to be a radio broadcaster for sports. So, I mean, what were kind of, cause I work at a high school and I got kids that want to go into it. We're trying to build a network uh, to cover the, the high school football, basketball games. And they keep asking me, you know, well, you know, what do, what do we need to learn? You know, what's some lessons to learn? I said, I tell them, I'm just a podcaster. It's easy for me. Uh, I'm not on the fly, you know, have to make the call. I mean, but what kind of advice would you give, you know, people that want to get into that kind of field? Yeah. You know, there's, there, there's a, a lot of things you can, you can, you know, talk about. Um, number one, you just have to be yourself. I think that is an easy start, but it's a hard thing to figure out. You know, it takes you know, a long time for a lot of us to figure out who we are. Right. And that's where I begin. You got to be yourself on the air. You can't, you know, you can be inspired by other broadcasters and you can look up to other broadcasters, but you got to be who you are. And the listener is going to connect with you better. And the viewer is going to connect with you better. If you just show them who you are and use your own personality and try to be, you know, you can't try to be something that you're not right. And so, um, that's number one. I think you got to You got to just be who you are and, and let it flow. And you're going to learn more and more about yourself as a broadcaster, as a young broadcaster, as you continue to do it more and more often. And the next thing would be get reps. I mean, you got to do it. You, you can't shy away from, from going out and actually doing it and, and learning, you know, what works for you and what doesn't. Right. And so you got to go out and get reps you have to be uh, be comfortable being uncomfortable early on in your career in getting those reps and doing different things. You got to do, do different sports. You got to go out and, you know, if you're doing working at a radio station, you do a live remote from a business. Maybe you don't know a whole lot about and you got to it, it forces you to research and learn and, and develop that work ethic. Um, and so be comfortable being uncomfortable early on in your career. You have to have thick skin and you have to be okay with the fact that not everyone is going to like you. Uh, you are in a public position and people, you know, you have to understand that you are not going to make every single person happy. And that's hard to figure out and test your mental health in this day and age of social media. You, you're just not going to do it. And so that's where it goes back to, hey, you got to trust who you are. You got to be confident in your abilities. You got to have thick skin with it overall. And then, and then finally you have to be kind, um, be kind and develop relationships and continue to stay in contact with people from the start of your career uh, until it's all said and done. And also be kind and help people that were in your shoes at one point in time along the way as well. And so um, a lot of the times in, in not only in broadcasting, in sports, but in our, our world period, you know, the whole adage is, it's not what, you know, it's who, you know, it's, it's good to know a lot, but that doesn't mean you don't, you're not going to do it all on your own. You're going to need help at some point in time. And so 
long way to answer that question, Jeff, but I think those are the things that come to mind for me right away. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the student, my students will enjoy that. Um, but really, I mean, you've been to, I believe, West Virginia, uh, Nebraska, and North Dakota State, which was a powerhouse in the F was FCS aspect yep. of it. I mean, what was – I just got to ask, what's your most memorable call that you've had, you know, at either one of them stops? Well, I'll tell you, it's actually – there. I've been lucky at all of those places, one, to be at those places. Um, that That is – that's being blessed to be at places like Nebraska, West Virginia, and North Dakota State. Um, one of the first calls that comes to mind is not from any of those games or broadcasts I did for those schools – I was blessed with the opportunity back in the spring of 2016 to uh, work with IMG's national broadcast of the American Conference Basketball Tournament in Orlando at what it was called the Amway Center. I don't know if it's called that anymore or not, but where the Magic play their home games. Nevertheless, I was on the call for the four overtime game between Cincinnati and UConn when Jalen Adams hit a 75-footer at the buzzer at the end of the third overtime to send it to a fourth. And I was doing the play-by-play of that game on Sirius XM satellite radio for IMG national. And that was, uh, that was an amazing game. And it was a fun day. Uh, Worked with Tim Welsh, uh, the great Tim Welsh, who was once a Florida state basketball assistant um, uh, in, in the, in the mid 1980s, I believe, and former coach at Providence and uh, Iona and, Great person, great broadcaster, does games for ESPN right now, college basketball, and works in Boston. And so that's one that that jumps off the page for me right away. You know, at Nebraska, I called a lot of Husker baseball, which is a big sport in the springtime for Nebraska fans, and had the opportunity of, of being a part of some fun broadcasts. We had a 16-inning game with Nebraska and Northwestern in Big Ten play at, at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. I got to call a walk-off winner on. Uh, in West Virginia, my first year there, the West Virginia women's basketball team won a Big 12 regular season championship and, and won a game at Baylor. Uh, Baylor's women's program is amazing, as so many people know, and went to Baylor and ended a 35-game home court uh, Big 12 winning streak in Waco back in 2014. And so that was that was a memorable season. Uh, West Virginia baseball opened up a new Baseball facility. I was able to, uh, lucky enough to be there to call the early games of that new, that new venue and some great teams under Andy Maisie. And then, you know, I, I had such a great time, Jeff and Fargo. Um, Fargo is very special to my wife Sarah and I. It's a special place. There are amazing people there that we'll have friends for life for. And um, being around the athletics department and the radio station group that I was with. We, we developed some, you know, lifetime relationships that are that are important to us. And, you know, what great games, what great programs. Obviously, NDSU football speaks for itself, called four national championship games. Uh, my third game at North Dakota State, they beat Iowa um, at Kinnick Stadium on a walk-off field goal to win it. And then called uh, some, some great games with NDSU basketball and baseball as well, NCAA tournament wins and regional wins for NDSU baseball. And so – yeah, been very, very lucky, and we've had a lot of fun early here in Tallahassee, Jeff, with the block on the bayou and the uh, the interception by uh, by Kevin Knowles at Louisville coming back and winning that game the way the Knowles did. So uh, we've been we've been pretty uh, lucky and blessed here early on as well. Oh yeah, that's it's been a total flip from what 
most of us fans are used to the past four or five, six years in Tallahassee. But uh, really, we all know, and this is what a bunch of people have messaged me, you know, we all know what it's like to go through a hiring process. And when you applied for the voice of the Seminoles for Gene's position, the process, you know, you probably, we all know you went through an interview and all, but how was it when you finally got the call? How, what, you know, butterflies, nerd excitement, when you finally got that call that you're replacing the legend Gene Decker off? Yeah. I, you know, it was on a Friday. I had, um, I had come to Tallahassee on a Thursday for my site visit. And so it was the day after. Um, and it was in the afternoon. And uh, at that time, my uh, wife, Sarah, was nearly nine months pregnant with our second son, Everett, as well. And so uh, she was you know, close to giving, you know, giving birth to our second son. And so we had a lot. There's a lot going on, as uh, many can yeah. imagine out there. Uh, but got the got the call on a Friday and, you know, it was a dream come true moment. Um, something that I've you know worked for that my family has sacrificed a lot for over the last, you know, 15, 20 years. And my wife, Sarah, has uh, spent a lot of nights, you know, at home while I've been on the road with, you know, young, young kids and, and you know, pregnant with the young son and taking care of a house and. And so she shares as much in this as I do with with her role as my my wife and, uh, you know, the mother of our kids and our family, the head of our family. Right. And so, you know, it was she was taking a nap and I got the call and I went upstairs and I woke her up and I showed her the email and we kind of turned into, you know, a couple of kids again, almost jumping on the bed like we were four or five years old. Right. And, you know, I always made sure during the process, I said, hey, you know, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be a transition, especially with with having a newborn as well during the whole thing. Like, are you all in? You got to be all in with me. She said, "Yeah, go for it. This is your dream. This is our dream. Let's do it." And so, so we did. And um, yeah, what a what a special day that was, and a special time. And we're still we're still floating, right? We're still, you know, it almost seems like a dream to to be here. And um, you know, you kind of pinch yourself every once in a while, like, is this thing this thing really happening? And yeah, we're, we're living it and we're, we're loving it and can't uh, thank everyone enough around Florida State and Tallahassee for making our transition a, a really smooth one. And, man, we're happy to be here. Yeah, I mean, congratulations, you know, on, on your son and all that. And con congratulations on the job. I'd, I've said it before. I put it on a comment on social media. You know, there's only three or four broadcasters that I – can turn the mute the TV, watch the game, and listen to them. And that was Vern Scully. My granddaddy listened to him. Harry Carey was with the Cubs, and my dad was a he grew up up there, so I listened to Cubs baseball. Mm -hmm. Gene Deckeroff, and now you, oh, uh, Jeff, you. because the excitement that comes through, and I've noticed it. Like I'll be on the weekends, we'll be out shopping with my wife or sitting around the house and the game will be on and it'll pop up. I believe it's behind the mic, the mm -hmm. thing y'all do. And um, when Gene was up there and we all, I mean, everybody loves Gene. He kind of sat down. He was a little bit, you know, he would get hyper, you know, during big plays, but he was sitting <laughs> down when you're in there, you're, you and William Floyd are almost running back and forth at each other, <laughs> you know? And it's like, I, I told my buddy that, 
I work with, he's a Florida State fan. I said, I would love to be in there just to watch him one day. I said, because that's got to be the most, just the most fun in there because you could tell that y'all are enjoying it and y'all are, yeah. y'all are excited about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I appreciate the kind words, number one. That's that's a group of people that um, you aspire to be that you talked about with, with, with those names. Um, and obviously, Gene has been so unbelievable to me. He and his wife, Ann, when we first got into our house, they brought over a card table and some folding chairs and a rocking chair for us. We still hadn't had our furniture delivered yet. And so I can't. I can't begin to say enough about Gene and, and his family and how great they've been to our family here and welcoming us to Tallahassee. And um, I, I like to, you know, kick some kick some questions off of Gene, get his thoughts on some of the items when he listens to us, you know, what he thinks and really value his feedback, obviously, as the as the voice of the, the Seminoles for almost 50 years. Right. And so, yeah, um, yeah we do. We, we I like to, you know, I. I stand up. I'm sure I'll sit down at some point. Um, starting to get a little older, starting to get a little fatter. So the knees aren't what they uh, what they used to be, right? But um, I like to stand. It's how I've always been with football. Um, it's it's a high energy broadcast. There's a lot going on. You know, the build up to a football game is a huge event, and I think you know I always believe it needs to be treated that way. It, it's got to be treated as a huge event, no matter what the circumstances or the situation or the opponent. And, Man, we got a great crew. I tell you, bar none and Tom Block and Andy Surratt and Chris Cobb, those guys have treated me like family. It's made it very easy on me to be myself where that's not always the case everywhere in this business. It can be more difficult with that, with certain people. And I can't I can't thank those guys enough. They become friends in a short amount of time. They become uh, people I rely on and ask questions about for, you know, not just football or broadcasting, but just, you know, life and what they think. And so I, I can't thank those guys enough for welcoming me in and, and, and allowing me to be myself. And um, we've really, I think, really come together quickly as a, a group. And, um, you know, in in me trying to carry on Gene's excellence in the booth in my own way, uh, we've had a lot of fun doing it so far and, and hope to keep doing that here uh, throughout this season and the years to come. Yeah. Um Really, I mean, I'm just going to take take us back real quick. I just it's something I've got to know. Week zero, we're playing Duquesne. I believe ten oh three left on the clock. Jordan Travis just runs it in from five yards. Now everybody's ears are open to the broadcast booth right now because we're waiting and anticipating that first Jeff Colhane touchdown call. <laughs> When it was, I mean, I know, you know, just it was just spur of the moment. You just, you know, spit it out because it's a fast reaction. But how much butterflies was it and coming into that first call about how it was going to be perceived by the fan base? Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think I had butterflies. Um, I think I just I wanted to get it right just because that's the expectation, you know? Um, you know, a lot of people ask me that question. Hey, are you nervous? I got to ask the question, are you scared to replace Gene? And I'm like, you know, heck no, I'm excited. Like, this is what I've been working for forever. This is what I want. I'm, I'm not scared. Um, I, I would tell you there was certainly some, um, you know, some anxiousness to get this thing going, but I wasn't, I wasn't at a point where I was nervous to where I didn't, 
feel comfortable. I was comfortable in the booth on on that Saturday night. I felt good. Um, you know, with that first call, if I remember it correctly, I didn't really get it was such a quick play and a and a and a quick hitter for a score with Jordan um, rolling out to the right and cutting it up and didn't really get the touchdown uh, call in my mind that I wanted to have or I have you know thrown out there since um, on that very first one. I think it was just more of a natural. You know, he's into the end zone for a seminal touchdown. And since that point in time, we've kind of gotten to where I wanted to go with touchdown Florida State. And then the touchdown FSU is sort of, a, you know, a change of pace off of off of what Gene did with touchdown FSU, touchdown Florida State, maybe a slower, more elongated version of it. And so yeah. um, that's kind of where I wanted it to go. And I think uh, since that one, yeah, I think we've, we've gotten uh, to, to where it's, come together a little more in the last couple of games. And I've, I've certainly felt better and better uh, on the sound of it here over the last three, four games or so. I mean, I, I, I can tell you there's no complaint from the fan base. They, they love it. They love the energy you bring, but from the booth looking down, it's just, you know, talk a little bit of football who kind of jumps off, you know, film and off the field, you know, for you, for the Knowles off, you know, offense, defense, who's catching your eye. Yeah, oh, I think you know, Jared Verse obviously is a different, different. Uh, you know, he's a specimen. I mean, standing next to him yesterday doing an on-camera interview for Seminoles.com, and you look at him and you go, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not pull my uh, my shirt up and show him my lack of abs, like like he has with his jersey tucked under his shoulder pads, right? You know, I, I'm not gonna do that. Although that might have been a funny. A hit for the camera that would have been a good look right um but yeah he's a difference maker and it sounds like he's getting close to 100 health wise and it's fun and fun to watch him you know i actually called the game with jared verse in fargo when he was at albany they came to fargo to open up 2021 so i saw jared verse when he was at u albany last season to open the year and so it's kind of a fun for me a fun connection there coming from a you know an fcs program and and seeing an fcs guy like jared have an opportunity at the highest level and take it and run with it and look like the, the great player that he is. Um, he's a difference maker. Jordan Travis obviously has taken a big step forward at quarterback this year. You know, in the last couple of years, I think you would say he's an athlete or a runner playing quarterback. Now he's a quarterback. Now he's reading defenses and going through progression and delivering the football on time and on target. And he's one of the best quarterbacks in this league in a conference that boasts probably the the best collection of signal callers in college football this year. So he's been tremendous. And how can he not, you know, look at Johnny Wilson, who's just a different looking cat at six, seven, two thirty-five, with what he has done already and what he's going to continue to do this year. That's a special player. You know, Micah Pittman, Pokey Wilson are all special players. And I love how Mike Norvell incorporates the three different running backs into the running game with Trey Sean Ward, Lawrence Toafili, and Trey Benson. All, all three of those guys have really carved out great roles in one of the top rushing attacks in the ACC. So, you know, I'm leaving a few guys out, I'm sure. There's a lot of good players. And when you're a team that's trying to get back to where Florida State wants to go, it's a collection. You know, it's not just a couple of guys. It's all three phases, and it's really a team effort. And so, you know, Mike Norvell has done an amazing job increasing the talent level here. You know, the question marks going into the season, Jeff, were wide receiver, offensive line. How do you replace Jermaine Johnson and Kier Thomas? And I think we've 
for the most part, answered a lot of those questions. The wide receiving core is, is for pro football focus, is number one rated in the country. The offensive line has had some injuries, so they've hit, they've they've had some you know some guys moving around, but they're certainly improved. And Jared Verse is filling into that spot very very well, being that next edge rusher here at Florida State. So uh, it's a group that is continuing to get better and and figure out how good they are and learn what it takes to win. And they've got some big challenges coming up against NC State and Clemson the next couple of weekends, where we're going to find out more and more about them too. Yeah, it's it's. It was a it was a tough one this past weekend, you know, with you know dropping the one to Wake when we had the opportunities, you know, kicked ourselves really in the in the in the in the leg a little bit with some penalties. But the next two weeks is going to be the big test, and that that's honest that's honestly true. Um, Jeff, I mean, we're going to wrap it up. I appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah. It was really, I mean, my wife called right before because I we just started this back up. I had done it for about a year during COVID took a year break and then started it back up. And she's like, are you nervous? And I was like, well, no, not really. It's just two men sitting there talking. I said, but yeah. she's like, I know, but you've been so excited and all this. I was like, yeah, I said, I'm excited because I've had former Knowles on like Burt Reed that played uh, in the late two thousands, Tony Yeomans. We've had um, Chuck Amato and his yeah. daughter on a show before. And I mean, I've got lines up. I got a schedule full of like Ricky Aguayo who's coming on just, and I'm like, I'm not nervous. I said, because if I'm nervous, they're going to feel it through me talking to them. I said, we're just two men talking. I said, that's all it is. I yeah, said, but, yeah, just having fun. But uh, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, can't wait to, you know, listen to you this Saturday. Hopefully we can bring back a W and uh, guys, we appreciate it. Jeff, appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. And appreciate everyone that's been so great to my family and I. And looking forward to meeting and connecting with more great uh, Knowles fans here uh, in the uh, the weeks and the years to come. Go Knowles. Go Knowles. 20, 20 by 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Florida State. Right to his head, to the 5, touchdown Florida State. He's got P.K. Sam open. He makes the catch. Touchdown yeah. official.
open. He makes the catch. Yeah. Touchdown, Abisha. 